And we are here again this week. This is Warp and Woof Radio with Dr. Clyde Posley, Dr. Mark Eckel. And we are here to uh, support Indianapolis and bring together Christian leaders throughout Indianapolis who are doing good based on Titus 3, chapter, chapter 3, verses 1, 8, and 14. Do good, do good, do good. The three focal points of uh, what we're about at Comenius is we cross the bridge into the college arena at IUPUI, helping Christian young people navigate their academic coursework from a Christian vantage point. The second bridge we cross is into the community, and the community emphasis is actually through this radio show where Dr. Clyde Posley, our producer H.B. Bell, and I are bringing together uh, leaders from around Indianapolis with a special emphasis on black and white leaders linking us together. And the third bridge is uh, Christianity into culture, helping Christians to understand the culture around us. And today we actually have a show that is uh, based on the concept of not a handout, but a hand up. And in our second hour, we are going to be hearing from Sharitha Edwards, uh, standing in for Tamara Ajimati, 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 uh, standing in for Tamara. Uh, this is going to be a show about caring for a cause, supportive services, and all the good work that they do. But in our first hour, Dr. Posley and I are going to be discussing this concept of the necessity of a hand up. Dr. Posley, glad to have you with me again. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. We are pleased to discuss this particular issue. Let's just to just jump right into it. Uh, let's begin in... Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 15, mm-hmm. uh, this is one of those classic passages that I love to tell people about. It's probably one of the most uh, metaphorical, symbolic uh, passages that gives us a picture, a literal picture mm-hmm. of how we're supposed to treat each other. Deuteronomy 15, 7 to 11 talks about how the Israelites were to treat their fellow uh, Israelites. Mm-hmm. And it says there that they were supposed to be open-handed, not tight-fisted. And I love that concept, this idea that we are to literally extend our open hand and not try to grab back the monetary, financial, uh, or material uh, imp- uh, input that we might have in somebody else's life. And so from the very beginning, Doctor, we have this very uh, special emphasis in the covenant people that we uh, bear responsibility for each other. Right. That tells us that from uh, as, as early back as Deuteronomy and before, God had the otherness of people and family in mind, uh, that, that this whole selfish uh, uh, wave that has come later on uh, in, in this 21st century was ne- not the intent of God. He, he dislikes that, that God has always been concerned about others and that otherness, always, that God always had a plan for the, to deal with the otherness of people, the needs of people, helping people, and that we were supposed to actualize our existence uh, by how we treated people, mm. that we, 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 that, we that, that was always the intent of God. Mm. And that's good news because God is love. And no matter how diff- people try to paint him uh, as a mean God sitting on a throne, seeing who he can hurt, despite him saying, I came not to condemn the world. He's not that he, he's not condemning. Actually, we were just talking about that in, a, in an office down, just down the hallway. Yes, a few we were minutes ago. Yes, we were. We were discussing the. Uh, the interconnectivity between the testaments and how important that is for us to recognize and to help other people to recognize 
that the God of the Old Testament is the same as the God of the New Testament. Absolutely. God does not change. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. one of the great doctrines of Scripture, the immutability of God. He never changes. Uh, your comments about otherness and, and taking care of the stranger always, always, always make me go back to Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus 19 says that when a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. Treat the stranger who sojourns with you in the nave among you. Uh, you shall love him as yourself. This, this word love, I think I mentioned this last week, this concept of loving is the covenantal love. If God gives covenantal love to the stranger, to the mm -hmm. other, uh, mm -hmm. just as much as he does, does to his own people, what does that say to us? Absolutely. That, that if we are going to be, it says to, in my mind, that if we are going to be God-like, mm -hmm. godly, mm -hmm. then we have to make up our minds that people are our task. Mm -hmm. God so loved the world. God reached outside of himself in so loving the world that he gave yes. to the world mm -hmm. his only begotten son. That's right. And so that tells us up front that God uh, is always about the needs of other people. The classic story, uh, the classic um, uh, story told by Jesus of the Good Samaritan speaks to uh, the immutability of God relative to what the uh, Deuteronomy 15 passage you spoke of. Mm -hmm. If, if God is, since God is immutable mm -hmm. and he does not change, mm -hmm. then another passage says, as he was, mm -hmm. he is. He is yes. so, so, so therefore, if God is explaining to us through Jesus Christ the, the principles of caring for our neighbor in the story of the Good Samaritan, mm -hmm. then he was also speaking, foreshadowing, if you will, mm -hmm. about the Good Samaritan, whatever that nationality might be, in Deuteronomy of uh, fifteen, yes, he does. He's immutable. Mm -hmm. He does not change. So he meant, and God is always. And here's a word that scares people. It just they let people contextualize it for them. God is always expressing and evolving, which simply means to change mm -hmm. our understanding of who He is. Mm -hmm. He gives Himself to us. He reveals Himself to us. We call them dispensations in sections. Where we can understand. Little by little. Little by little. Yeah. There's uh, that great passage in Deuteronomy 29, 29 that says mm. some things you will understand and some things you won't. That's right. And that's a really crucial concern. I, you know, we live in a world and a culture that says that we are going to use people and love things. But, of course, that's exactly flipped around in Scripture where it says that we're supposed to love, love people, people and, and use things. things. And there it is. That really is the crux mm. of the matter. That's uh, deep. That really does, uh, it, it kind of establishes the framework for this show today. So uh, we're going to take wow. a, a one uh, song break here in just a second uh, to highlight uh, the jazz emphasis of our show. We really do believe in uh, the jazz mix. And in fact, uh, we want to make sure to invite everybody out to the jazz mixer that's coming up here at Collaborate 317. And that's going to be at Mar March 18th, 6 to 9. Uh, PM, PM. It's the 16th, March 16th, uh, Friday, chap uh, Friday, March 16th, 6 to 9 p.m. So we've got some great jazz music coming in. Want to make sure that everybody gets a ticket. Come, come on out for that. Uh, $10 a ticket. Make sure to, to uh, invite some friends. Uh, check us out on Facebook, other social media sites. Hit up our producer, Harold H.B. Bell, at the Amplify site or at our website here at, at um, our radio show, and we'll be glad to hook you up with those uh, those tickets. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio. We're going to take a song break. Be right back. And we are back. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Uh, this is Dr. Clyde Posley, Dr. Mark Eckel, Harold H.B. Bell, our producer. 
and you hear us every Wednesday morning from 10 until noon. And we have been doing this for over two years now. We just celebrate our 100th episode, actually down at the State House in January. What a time that was. Mm-hmm. And just after that, uh, Dr. Clyde Posley joined us as co-host, and we've been having a high old time since then, having all kinds of great guests. And our whole emphasis, of course, is to introduce Indianapolis and the wide world, for that matter, to uh, good Christian folk who are doing good things around sure. Indianapolis. And today we are discussing uh, not a handout but a hand up. We're talking about caring for cause supported uh, supportive services. Uh, Saritha Edwards uh, will be coming in for Tamara Tamara Ajamati uh, later in the show, and uh, we're really grateful for the work that they do. We'll let them explain all about those things. But in our first segment, we were actually discussing this uh, idea of hands and talking about Deuteronomy chapter 15 and how uh, there's a great emphasis there on on open-handedness versus a tight-fistedness. And we wanted to come back in to talk about some of those things again, uh, maybe tying into that principle of loving people and mm-hmm. using things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the, it's, that's interesting. Um, we were kind of off air. I was talking about how the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis to subdue the earth. And as I was saying to you, it seems that so often uh, we, society holds itself back because we subdue people. We, we devour, seek and devour people. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to tear into this earth to see what resources that we can do once we love people to work together to to, to minister, but but uh, on the subject of hands, um, you know, you know, God talks about uh, in Second Corinthians chapter nine, loving, uh, cheerful giver, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, you know, wh- what is what is the enemy to cheerful giving? What are some of the enemies that keeps people tight fisted? Scrooge, greed, greed, immediately the comes thought, the fear, yeah, fear. That, that, that I believe uh, in this notion that 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 some people believe that somehow they lose mm-hmm. if they help. Mm-hmm. W- Warren Buffett uh, recently talked about that he attributes a great deal of his success to his openness mm. to helping people. Mm. And, and and certainly, you know, people can discuss that in whatever whatever ways they want. But for a billionaire to talk about the need yeah. to meet the meet the needs of the hungry, the yep. poor, yep. Uh, to open avenues for people to have to, to, to even open up ideas about stock ticks, mm-hmm. t- tips and and how to hold on to a uh, if you, he says if you're not willing to hold on to a an investment for ten years, it's not an investment you should in, uh, embark upon in the first place. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. You know, there are several ways to open your hand, the hand of your knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, the, the hand of, of your uh, uh, economics, yes. uh, the hand of your care. Right. Uh, but, but one thing for sure, the cornerstone, the core of Christianity is about reaching beyond oneself mm-hmm. to care with compassion about the needs of others. Well, if we could summarize all of Christianity in one word, I would say that the word is others. Others. Our Absolutely. focus on others. Absolutely. <clears throat> we used to, in when I was teaching in high school, we would have a, a button every year, and on, on this particular button we'd have one word that kind of summarized the very essence of what we wanted to do that year mm-hmm. in the high school. And uh, the very first year, our first button was others. Right. Because we really wanted to focus on that on that particular emphasis uh, when when you talked about devouring people and and uh, uh, eating people in that sense mm-hmm. of things, there are tremendous metaphors all the way through the scriptures mm-hmm. about that as well. That's right. Um, let's talk a little bit about how that actually happens. Let's talk about the practical outcomes of what we see around us 
in 2018 where people are being devoured. If you thought about that for a second, what would be the first things might come to your mind? Um, I, 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 I don't know. There's just so many, Mark. <laughs> there's just so many. I mean, I, I could go from, you know, uh, the, the, um, Incarceration rate, yes, uh, uh, and, and how America leads the world in in in, in benefiting mm -hmm. financially, benefiting from incarceration. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, we we could talk about how people take advantage uh, of, of of this this evil sex trafficking mm -hmm. that goes on, where people are act one of the largest industries, money making industries in America and and in America mm -hmm. and around the world is this underground sex trafficking where, where people are being uh, young ladies and men are being kidnapped mm -hmm. and, and and sold mm -hmm. into the slave uh, and sex slave market mm -hmm. around the world in South America and, and other places in America uh, cities like Atlanta and uh, and and other other cities in Florida mm -hmm. are, are um, major Centers parts of that such things. exactly one exactly. of the things that comes to my mind when I think about devouring people is uh, well, two structures, really, two institutions. One would be the family, and one would be the school. Mm. And in the family, we see such a, uh, a fragmentation oh, of, you know, moms and dads being split apart in mm -hmm. those senses of things where we have this ripping and shredding. And, and folks aren't spending time with their little ones, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they send them off to have other people raise them and those mm -hmm. kinds of things. But, but then you have the school, and, and the school used to be a place where uh, you would get some solid content, that there would be some things that you would have to read. Right. There would be substance to what it was that you had to discuss and talk about, right. and that you actually had to know something in order to have discussion about it. Right. Uh, but in our culture today, we're much more interested in, in the communication and the process rather than we are in the essence of the content mm -hmm. of whatever it is and the care that we should care about the content of right. what our kids are getting. Right. So we see it, don't we, in all of our institutions. I mean, we could go on and on with this, but our, even our children in those senses of things are being devoured, mm -hmm. uh, not being given what they need in even those institutions. That's good. That's, that's, that's really good. You know, as you were, as you were uh, speaking, I was thinking about how and, and what is driving some of the absenteeism among parents. It's, it's the pursuit of mammon. Mm-hmm. Believing that if they make more money, you know, th th there are some parents uh, who pursue who are pursuing money so that they're actually creating a third parent for their child, mm -hmm. which is money. Yes, you know what what they are not giving their children in mm -hmm. uh, time. They are letting shoes, mm. clothing, mm -hmm. allowance, right, um, and unfortunately, free time. Mm -hmm. Parent. In their absence, mm -hmm. and uh, this this pursuit of money, we we have to be careful about that. And and our show is kind of about handouts, but often some some of, some of us have trouble even focusing on the needs of others because we're so focused on right. But the belief that I need to make more money yes. for me. Yes. Yeah. This is a a real struggle, and and it's the reason why we're actually having. Uh, this great group come in uh, today in our second hour, caring for a cause, supportive services, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, they are actually reaching out to folks uh, who maybe the church should be reaching out to, or other families, or neighborhoods, uh, or close friends. But perhaps these families are 
in one way or another so fragmented that they don't have these kinds of, of available services. And so there is a necessity for more and more, even of these nonprofits popping up, because people of goodwill, Titus three doing good, uh, these folks are looking around going, I need to do something about this, and here's the reason why we got 501c3s popping up all around us. I don't know if, you're, wow. if you know this or not, but in Marion County alone, there are 10,000 nonprofits, 10,000 nonprofits. So when you stop to think about that just in that county, and then you start spreading it out throughout all of Indianapolis, I can't even begin to count how many there might be uh, just in that sense of things from all of Indianapolis. Well, let's talk a little bit about wow. this uh, the, ne- the necessity of this. Go ahead. Just before you yeah, go, yeah, go just, ahead. I, you just... If that's almost an indictment against the church. I mean, I don't know oh, how many of those, yeah, ho- those non-for-profits are, are, are church, because there are some churches that mm-hmm, have. Yeah. But, but if you think about what you just said, I mean, mm-hmm. no, we need to move on to our next question. But, let's, I mean, what does it say about the body of Christ that people more often are in an increasing manner are feeling that they need to pull away mm-hmm. I've got this big smile on my face over here because I was hoping oh you'd jump on god. that. Oh, my God. That's, that's where, oh, where has the church mm-hmm. gone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the church. mission. Right. So from the very essence, I mean, in the book of Acts, we, you have chapter 2, chapter 4. Chapter 4, 32 to 37, where you have people who, who have personal property. We're not talking about Christian communism mm-hmm. here. Personal property <laughs> who share... Uh, what they have with other people because they want it to be in common with mm-hmm. others who have need. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that was the foundation the of, it. of the absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And in Acts chapter five, deacons were were, were born. Uh, in Acts chapter six, deacons were born out is. of the desire mm-hmm. of the apostles yes. to make sure that liberality and 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 and, and beneficence was 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 the order of the day. That's right for the body of Christ. That's right. And and we live in we we are creating these asylums in many many churches. These asylums mm-hmm. of wealth. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 too often we can't really point to people we're feeding mm-hmm. to yes. prison because Jesus said in Matthew twenty five for as much as you 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 fed and visited the the, the prisoner mm-hmm. and clothed the naked and given thirsty the, the drink you've done it unto me mm-hmm. and if we if we don't have in the body of Christ traceable analytics yes evidence the Bible calls it fruit uh, you know you of of having <laughs> Of having uh, served people, because mm-hmm. big church is not going to produce people going to heaven necessarily. Mm-hmm. Or, and what I mean by big church, I'm certainly not fighting large ministries, but but what I'm saying is, it's us. Sunday morning is not what is going to determine our Christianity. Mm-hmm. Monday morning. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, it's got to be twenty four seven. Exactly. Yeah. One of the things that that bothers me, even as we're talking about this, and you know, there's there's always if the spirit is moving, you know, in in our lives, then it certainly is indi- indicative of our own concerns. Uh, but I often think about my own comforts. You know, what do I uh, what do I not want to give up? And I'm always fighting mm-hmm. that very spirit uh, of being too comfortable, even in my own life, mm-hmm. uh, so as not to meet the needs of somebody else. Mm-hmm. And there's always this spirit um, uh, around us, the spirit of the Antichrist, Scripture calls it, uh, that somebody else wants to substitute that very important word, others, Mm -hmm. with self. And so we really want to have that shift in the culture. But, of course, uh, for the church, you're absolutely right. Right. 
That's what it's got to be all about. It's got to be. It's got to be. There's a constant urge, and, and we need to acknowledge this, in my opinion. Uh, when Paul, in, in, in uh, Romans chapter 7, discusses uh, his inward struggle, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, he's talking about the power of his flesh. Mm-hmm. And here is the apostle to the Gentiles. Yes. Tell, acknowledging, I have a struggle. What, what I want to do, mm-hmm. that's right. That I find myself not doing. Mm-hmm. And so, for you, for I, for all Christians, we can love God and know the Scripture, but 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 self is always trying to find a way mm-hmm. to pre, be preeminent mm-hmm. in our thinking, in our intellect, in this our is, souls. This is something so personal for all of us. I'll, from my vantage point, I'll just tell tell everybody from my vantage point how this impacts me. Not simply in the physicality of things, uh, in terms of giving uh, finances to others who are in need, but quite frankly, for me, it's it, it, it's very much of a uh, an intellectual issue for me, mm-hmm. because I'm constantly writing, I'm constantly serving other people through my interaction with them, communication-wise, digitally, uh, all of the kinds of essays and so on that I'm writing, and I get weary of it. And, and I'm often uh, kind of upbraided in my spirit about, you know, this person really needs this. You still need to communicate these words to them. You still need to write this article, this essay. And so it depends. You know, for me, as a writer, uh, researcher, theologian, all the things that go into my life, that's just one aspect of one of the things that kind of hits me. And I think to myself, wow, you know, did I, did I do enough today? Did I, did I get out of that intellectual comfort zone? Right. Well, you, I, I feel like you're doing, you're doing well. You're, do, you're, you're doing <laughs> well, because you. knowledge, there is always a place for knowledge in the growth of any society. Mm. It, it, the 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 growth of any society starts with what they understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says in in, in uh, Hosea four and six that people are destroyed mm-hmm. for lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And if we if we if we if we if we don't have people writing, researching. Uh, rightly dividing mm. then we have these concepts of that, that take us back to devouring yep. uh people and you know that the, the plundering our resources yeah uh, almost like a spiritual cannibalism mm-hmm. actually we're going to be talking about the body in our next segment we're going to take a one song break uh but before we go just to make sure everybody's heard this the first time i messed it up the first time let me say it right this time we have a jazz mixer going on at Clabber 317 march 16th uh, from 6 until 9 p.m., you're going to hear some great jazz music, have some great hors d'oeuvres. We're going to have some great interaction with folks. If you want to meet some folks who are doing good around the community, a lot of great businesses, uh, make sure to check us out on our websites. Radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site is one of them. Uh, see the flyers that are all over the place on digital media, and we'll be happy to connect those things. If you want to message us personally, we'll do that too. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.TV at the Cool Groove site. We'll be right back. And you're listening to Warp and Woof Radio. We come to every Wednesday morning from 10 until noon, and our emphasis is always to bring together folks, Christian folks, who are doing good around Indianapolis, Titus Chapter 3. Today we're going to look forward to our second-hour guest, Sharithra Edwards, uh, standing in for Tamara Ajamati. And uh, we're going to be talking about this great organization called Caring for a Cause Supportive Services. And uh, usually what we do in our uh, program is we allow the guest segment to set us up for whatever uh, we need to say biblically about uh, what that guest is going to be talking about. So this morning we're talking about a hand out, or a hand up rather than a hand out. And we're talking about the care that should come out of the church 
And uh, Dr. Clyde, we're going to talk about the metaphor of the body. Why is that so important for the church today? Because we are parts. We are, we 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 are di- we are parts, uh, different parts, but we are of the same body. And I think it that kind of brings in the whole uh, otherness that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, a a proper body incorporates the otherness of necessity. Yes, of the other parts. And so, uh, while a, as we while a foot is not a hand and a leg is not an arm, it has to incorporate uh, the other parts of that body. So it is with the body of Christ, the church. We have got to learn if uh, at a better clip uh, in in the kingdom of God that difference should not defeat us. Mm. Uh, blacks and whites have to work together. Latinos. Mm-hmm. Christians mm-hmm. have to work together. We have to stop letting ethnicity get in the way of human dilemma. There it is. Absolutely. I'm thinking about uh, what it says in 1 Corinthians 12 about some of the things that you were just mentioning, for instance, um, and where Paul says, uh, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it, and God has appointed in the church. There is an emphasis here on leadership, mm-hmm. but uh, God has appointed, first of all, the church to be an institution That's right. that is going to be, uh, or should at least be, this caring, serving, others-centered organization institution that then speaks for God in this right. generation and every other generation. And how important that is, of course, we were talking in, the, in an earlier segment about how that doesn't always happen. How uh, we have a tendency to devour each other, and I may even mention the concept of spiritual cannibalism, mm-hmm. how uh, indeed we may be eating each other, the devouring of each other, which Scripture talks about, uh, and the awfulness of this. Uh, let's take that a little bit further into the concept of care, and why is it so imperative for us uh, to actually care, not just uh, about the world at large, but maybe specifically about other Christians? Be, because we've been we've been set up. God has set us up to need one another. Mm. We have, and we, you know, in Paul in First Corinthians, when Paul uh, is, is speaking, it is written to the uh, church at Corinth. There, he presupposes he he gives the notion when he talks about uh, uh, the the body working together. He presupposes that there may be disagreements within the body. Mm-hmm. Okay. With with the ability to use free will to, to or to make our own decisions, there will be times that we disagree with other parts of the body. Right. But it's the overarching mission of the body mm-hmm. to serve that that makes it that makes working together so important. Yes. Quick, quick, just quick, quick example here. Uh, you take when a woman bears a child, mm-hmm. goes into labor, literally her whole body has to go into labor before she can produce that which her whole body uh, has been carrying. Mm. And in those nine months, her whole body is going to be affected mm. by these this one thing that is happening, mm-hmm. a child to be born. Mm. Her feet swell. Her nose swells. Her hair grows. Mm. Her stomach expands, obviously. Uh, her blood pressure may or may not go up. Mm. Her appetite swells. Mm. Uh, and there are other... Um, Example, other uh, indications and symptoms of being pregnant. But when she goes into labor, all of that same body works together. All of that same body begins to work together to centralize on the one area, Mm. which is that baby coming through that birth canal. Mm. Water breaks, blood comes, uh, the body expands, 
her body opens, the child begins to shift, everything begins to happen. And so all of these different parts have to start that, that have been affected in what seems to be adverse ways, mm. cravings and all this, mm. all begin to synchronize and work together for the common goal mm. of producing a baby. Mm. The body of Christ is that same way. Mm. We have got, yeah, we have different, we, 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 you, you, you received your education from a different place and I received mm. mine. We have a different background. Mm. But the bottom line is we are trying to birth children. Mm -hmm. We're trying to cause people to be born into the kingdom of God and experience the magnificent mm. love of God, mm. the unconditional love of God. We can look different. We might even sound different. But I believe it's in the book of Romans and maybe chapter 15. We all need to learn to say the same thing mm. because it's the same goal. Mm. So we have to learn. Mm. We have to decide to accept the fact that we don't have to um, look alike mm -hmm. to be alike. Right. This uh, reminds me of the, the words diversity and unity. And I know that our culture generally uh, utilizes the word diversity to highlight uh, mm -hmm. how we should focus or at least appreciate differences. I've always thought, however, that uh, one of the sadnesses about the church is that we don't emphasize unity more mm -hmm. often. Right. And we don't have, and, and here's one of my bugaboos, um, we do not have in our doctrinal statements in our churches, we do not have Ephesians 4, 1 to 6, about one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We do not have the unity of the church, which is spoken about throughout Right. Second Testament teaching. Absolutely. We do not have that even in our doctrinal statements. So if we are not being taught in the church about unity, yes, there are differences, and that's what 1 Corinthians 12 is all about, showing the differences, but we're all working together to your metaphor about the woman giving birth. Right. This is really important for us, uh, not only as individuals, not only as institutions, but as cities, right. uh, but as uh, neighborhoods to come together in a unity, understanding first and foremost that we are human beings, and then, of course, uh, to understand that our responsibility is before this one who has made us. Question to you, Dr. Eccles. Do you how badly do you think the body of Christ wants unity mm. in America? Oh, my. How well, bad do we want it? And you can tell a tree. By the fruit it bears. Mm -hmm. I don't want to ask you a Chris Hayes kind of question. You know, Chris, Chris <laughs> Hayes always asks the question, answers it five times. And says, but what do you think? Um, but but, but what, what do you think? Oh, I think we are jealous. Are we showing signs of wanting any unity? Yeah, I think we are jealous. We want our own habitat. Mm. We want our own piece of the pie. We have allowed the culture in such a way to abscond with our own mindset of unity and to fragment ourselves because of it. Uh, we think that somehow this is about competition rather than cooperation. And we view this competition mindset that has been born and bred within a culture that we live within instead of understanding how we ought to get together and work together. Uh, where we are always better. Yes. We are uh, at, at every instance. Yes. We are always better. Yes. I mean, this is, this is a broad, bold statement. But Christ, the Son of God, God on earth, expressed his agenda mm. through 12 people. Mm -hmm. He decided to come here and express who he is through 12 people. Christ decided that the best way to get God's message over was to bring a team of people together mm. and to send them in 12 different directions. Mm -hmm. Now think about that. When we think about what the Apostle Paul did, for instance, 
Yeah. Uh, he was only alone once, which was actually on Mars Hill. That's right. Every other time throughout the Second Testament, we see him going with teams of people, Absolutely. at least at least with a partner. Uh, we see this over and over and over again. One of the, you know, one of the least preached sections of epistles in the New Testament is the back door. We call it the back door or or the back porch of places like Romans 16. That's right. I mean, Romans 16 is full of people working together, doing all, and they're coming right. from all different walks of life, all different kinds of names and vocations. Those are the kinds of things that ought to be preeminent in our thinking about how we, we see the New Testament groups saying, yeah, this person's doing good, and these right. folks over here are doing what's right. And right. when you go to this town, make sure to see these folks. That's right. that Work, kind of networking. Mm-hmm. Networking. Absolutely. Christian networking. Absolutely. That's, so that's, we, that's well we see this necessity of, of collaboration. And, of course, we're sitting in a, in a building that is built on nonprofit collaboration, Collaborate 317, which we're really grateful for. Uh, but within the Christian concept, context, you ask me the question, why is it that we see, uh, or what is the problem that we see that, that, that churches can't be unified, Christians can't be unified? And I'll come back to the thing that I always say to everybody all the time, and that's ever since Genesis 3, we have had this problem of a selfishness right. where our, our interest is uh, ourselves. And so we come back to one of the, the themes of our show, actually, today, which is about others. Right. That's right. That, that, which which, which it can be argued that Satan, going back to what you said about Genesis chapter 3, that Satan's initial assault was to create a conversation with Eve about what she was missing, creating a, mm. a, a, a platform for selfishness. There it is. That he introduced a conversation around and said, well, let me tell you something, God is tricking you. Mm-hmm. You better take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't, you miss, don't you let God make you miss out on what mm-hmm. you could have. Yeah. And so we and so and, and and ladies who are listening, I'm not not attacking women. I'm just I'm simply saying I'm talking about the the motive of Satan uh-huh. and how he introduced. Stop laughing, HB. I'm trying. I'm 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 just trying to introduce uh, one of the tactics of Satan mm. that that he yeah. that that selfishness is not um, is not just something that a word we're throwing out here. It is ingrained in the thinking of people because of our encounter with evil. Yes. And Evil's over and intention. over and over again, we yeah. have our responsibility as Christians uh, to give to others. Uh, one of the passages that we maybe spoke about ahead of this show uh, was Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. And that great line mm-hmm. in chapter 2, verse 5, which is kind of the pit of it or the fulcrum of that whole passage, uh, Philippians 2, 1 to 11, which is, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Right. And so this mindset, this disposition, this attitudinal approach to how we think about life and things comes right out of Jesus. Absolutely. There it is. I'm I'm, I'm excited about this this, this show today because if if we can ever um, fight the foe of of flesh Hmm. to the degree that we decide that our Christianity is, and I'm going to say this boldly, built upon Mm -hmm. how we... Jesus, Jesus said... Uh, in John chapter 13, verse 35, love ye one another, and by this yes. shall all men know that you're my disciples. That's right. And we talk about that. We bring up that scripture a lot on this show mm-hmm. because it gives the world the right. You know, we, often we, so many people talk about, don't judge me. No, God tells the world, look, he, when he says, by all, all men may know, mm-hmm. how, what are our needs? Mm-hmm. Are we feeding um, or people, and, and sometimes the people that we need to give a helping hand to, by the way, are Christian people. Mm-hmm. 
we, we often think when it comes to serving people or meeting the needs that it's, that it's a, someone who's indigent, someone who's homeless, someone who uh, is outside of the church. But, you know, there are hurting believers. Yes. People who are struggling within the body of Christ who do believe in Jesus, who haven't gotten a foothold uh, on, on, on the teachings that cause mm-hmm. us to prosper. Right. We have to look within sometimes within our own churches. Right. And we look within actually the the frameworks of places that we function within. Yeah. So you know when I go la- later on today uh, to my class mm-hmm. at uh, IUPUI, IUPI, right. and uh, I speak with students and I interact with professors, uh, that's a whole different environment. But I'm responsible for that environment since right. my light is there. Right. So I bear responsibility. And you've been led there. Yes. And that that's where I give to people who may not have mm-hmm. in ways that they don't even understand that they right. don't have. Right. And so that they and you to, receive, and I receive right. at the same time. Right. I was just going to read this uh, passage from Proverbs three. There are so many different ideas here that we could come to uh, just before our break. But here's uh, Proverbs three twenty seven: Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it's in your power to do it. It's in your power to do it. In, man, this just and it applies across the board. Whatever our vocation, whatever uh, institution we're in. As individuals and institutions, we bear responsibility for this. Uh, this is a huge concept. You know, we, we just just before we go, you know, Deuteronomy, I believe Deuteronomy 8, it talks about we, 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 our God gives us the power to get wealth. Mm-hmm. But then what? Mm. What do we do with it? Mm-hmm. Build, build bigger barns? Mm. Find a way to invest it in the Caymans? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like HB, I'm just trying to, you know, or do we do we find ways? Mm-hmm. Because um, if our prosperous soul, you know, John mm-hmm. said, "Beloved, wish above all things you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers." A prosper, a prosperous soul wants to help others. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this show is about trying to help mm-hmm. other people. Right. No one who listens to this show can deny we are trying to provide avenues mm-hmm. for people uh, either of different ethnicities, different colors, but or not, to find ways to have access to what the kingdom provides. Absolutely. And all of the help that can come because of that. Right. Uh, this is an important show because we are uh, focusing once again on our second hour guest, Sharitha Edwards, coming in to talk about caring for a cause, supportive services, sitting in for Tamara Ajamati, and we're really grateful for this uh, great group who does really great things, very, very tangible uh, products uh, that they are doing within the kingdom uh, and certainly throughout the community. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon, and I want to remind everybody again, March 16th from 6 till 9 o'clock here at Collabra 317. You don't want to miss the jazz mixer. Uh, HB puts together a great great time with lots of folks uh, shaking hands, eating a little hors d'oeuvres, getting some drinks, and then enjoying some great jazz music, hearing about some great community services around Indianapolis. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio. We're going to take a two-song break, and we'll be back. And we are back. Warp and Woof Radio comes to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. You're hearing us at radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. And you hear about 18 other shows along this same service, some great stuff that Harold H.B. Bell has put together here at Radio Next. need to check out all of the shows that are going on around uh, Indianapolis, actually throughout the week from Monday 
through Saturday, and you do not want to miss Jumbo Love from 8 until 12 on Saturday where there's going to be some syrup poured on waffles, and if you have no clue what that means, you have to listen to at least the first hour, 8 until 9 o'clock on Saturday morning, where HB is going to bring it, and you will enjoy that music. But uh, right now, we have a great guest in studio with us, Saritha Edwards, uh, talking about caring for a cause and we are tremendously blessed that you're here, taking some time for us today. Thanks ever so much for being here. No problem. Hey, no man. problem. Welcome. That's awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your church, your life in Indianapolis, however it is that you would like to share about uh, that. All right. Well, my name is Sarita Edwards, and I've lived in Indianapolis uh, my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. I have four children, uh, 12-year-old twins. I have an 8-year-old son, and then I have a kindergartner, six, six-year-old. Uh, busy right, mom. Busy. You know, and um, that's pretty much it's just stuff. And um, at this moment, I'm a stay-at-home mom, but um, I do a lot of advocacy and community work, education advocacy. I'm always somewhere trying to <laughs> help something. So that's pretty much my goal in life. I feel like that's my calling. Um, um, I reached that pinnacle. Um, I had a series of tragic accidents happen, and sometimes that's how God uses you in order to give you that voice. And I feel like that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost three brothers. To gun violence, um, and under twelve years at that most recently, and I seen the effect that they had on the, my community, mm-hmm. and um, just watching it, you know, being that he was so involved in uh, a lot of things that went on in the youth, and just to see the youth, I feel like that's what gave me that push to, uh, you know, take on that task that I feel like I was assigned, which led me to uh, help support Tomorrow's organization, caring for cause supportive services. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of struck. Did, did you say you had yes, your sir. brother was killed under twelve? No, no, no. He under twelve within twelve years is a twelve years. Uh, my first two brothers were the three. Yes, all oh, three within a twelve year time span. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear. The that. first two were within like nine months of each other, and then mm-hmm. most recently was um, August of twenty six, okay. uh, twenty fifteen. So uh, again, uh, our condolences to you and to your family. This is just a shock. To <laughs> yeah, it Absolutely. is. It is. You know, you got to take that and do something with it, or you'll 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 really like. It's easy to succumb to it. It very. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I feel like, like I said, you know, um, I wasn't a much spiritual person in the beginning. You know, I always believed in God. I had a church home. I grew up in church. But I feel like that that was. I had to take that energy and use it for that. And I feel like that's exactly what it took for me to have this voice. You know, and to, and to jump out to see how I can help other people in the community. Well, praise the Lord for uh, your service and your care to the community. Thank you ever so much. No problem. No problem. You had mentioned a moment ago that uh, you work at the MLK Center. Tell us a little bit about that and what that the center does in Indianapolis. Well, I don't work at the MLK Center, but uh, that's where some of the outreach services come from. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm actually... um, one of the community members that frequents the MLK Community Center, but they are doing a lot of things under um, our executive um, director, Allison Luthi, youth programs, um, after-school programs encompassed around our school in the neighborhood. So it's pretty much the go-to place where if in our community, if you need a resource or something's available, they're there for you. And you so. said in your community. Tell everybody where your community I'll, is. Bullard to neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, the well, Maple Fall Creek. It could encompasses that area. Mm-hmm. But majority BT and Maple and Tarkington, so yeah, my church is in that region. Oh 30, really? Thirty second in college. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome, yeah. How has how has uh the MLK Center and its services uh uh caring for calls, how how has that benefited your life? 
oh well i'm a beneficiary i'm a benefit um even prior to um caring for cause through the mlk center um like i said with the tragedies that we had in um in our lives they were actually there to offer services spiritual services mm-hmm. as far as a grief counseling mm-hmm. um they had those resources so at the time we the, the center wasn't as big as it is now but i feel like um they they went that extra mile to try to make sure that the people that they serve are being healed holy. Mm-hmm. So they had they did reach out. They had services from the Christian Theological Seminary, you know, and um, they were able to just help people through that process. And so with that, you know, you become a family. Mm-hmm. So it's more or less like a family now. We have a family oriented. It's all, normally the same parents, the same children. Mm-hmm. So we all know each other. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned community just a moment ago and, and the importance of that. Talk about... Uh, the connection between community and caring for others, just generally. Why is that so important that community cares for itself? Well, um, self-sufficient. You know, it's like um, I think when a community comes together after, you know, things happen, like I said, you become a family. Initially, you might know a few of your neighbors. You might know, you know, someone up the street or somebody lived in a home for maybe 30 or 40 years. But um, the community is the village, you know, it's, if I can't do it, then I know, you know, one of my neighbors can, neighbor meaning my brother, sister, because that's how we reference each other, you know, in a community. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, it's just that issue of being selfless, you know, that entity that, that's within that community. And I think that's what um, a lot of people have begun to realize that we can't do it along the community. you got to have support from each other, you know, and um, that's pretty much how we, how we operate, well, how we're trying to operate. Mm-hmm. We had uh, spent our first hour talking about the importance of caring for others and, and actually a focus on that word, others, Absolutely. and the em- emphasis on that. W- would you say that the, the communities in which you function are focused on others? Uh, what do you see as some of the impediments or some of the obstacles uh, to focusing on others rather than self? Well, um, wow. I would say that, um, well, for instance, like I said, we do a lot of work surrounding uh, the, the our, tra- our neighborhood school, which is School 43. And um, we've been doing a lot of work within that um, as far as the children, the services that are needed, uh, trying to get, you know, the community to understand that. Because um, right now it's not in a good place, you know, and um, we're really trying to push that out there also mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah, uh, tell us, uh, let's get into what it is that you do uh, in this organization, uh, Caring for a Cause. And uh, since Tamara's not here, why don't you tell us a little bit about Tamara and acquaint us with her and what got her interested in doing something like this? Well, um, Tamara is a, she's a, a great person. She's fantastic. We've only known each other for a short period of time, but that bond, the same bond of wanting to help others, I think, drew us together. So I think maybe after the first couple of weeks, it was almost like we were speaking on an everyday basis, you know, and then we just were discussing different things that happened in our lives. Then we both realized that we had a passion for advocacy. And so then that relationship just blossomed and it grew from there. And then I realized a lot of things that she were fighting for, that she's fighting for, um, or things that we have been been fighting for and needed. Mm-hmm. So I think that the collaboration was meant to happen, and it was awesome. And um, the Caring for a Call Support Services is a plethora of things. We try to encompass the whole, the the inside, the, out, the outside. We um, try to make people whole again. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to do that, you know, when you're dealing with so many different facets in this world. We have people that come to us that have been in domestic violence relationships. They've had a series of tragic losses, such as myself, you know, or, um, you know, just barriers. They're homeless or, you know, their children are hungry, things of that nature. So it's not one specific service that we try to we try to, you know, get with. We try to make the person whole again, you know, and then in turn, maybe they can go out and help someone else, you know, be whole. So that's that's our goal. That's what we want to do. So what are some of the other agencies that uh, Caring for a Cause or, uh, is, is working with to, to, bring, to bring the past your, your goals? Um, well, recently we – well, recently. Um, uh, during some of our past events, such as our Thanksgiving and Christmas assistance programs, the Caring Place located off of uh, 30th and Post Road, mm-hmm. they've been there to assist. Um, we most recently, our free haircut event, Scott UMC allowed us to use their services, their facility, mm-hmm. uh, which was a great turnout. We were really yeah, excited Scott about United that. Methods yes. Pastor uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. So it was very good. It was it was just good to see these people come in, like, and just what, what a haircut does mm-hmm. to somebody when they come in and when they leave. You know, they hear people saying, oh, you look good, you know, you look nice. And you can literally see the transformation in that. Mm-hmm. So, um and then uh, the other smaller entities within the communities, like you might have some that are nonprofits, but you have residents that want to help. So a lot of that, that's where it comes from. It's just like people that want to help. It's not necessarily one organization or, mm-hmm. you know, one um, one person or one entity. It's right. like just a, some people might be like, well, can I volunteer for the signing sheet? Or can I, you know, what do you guys need? What do you need? So it's a, it's a family effort. But, yeah, for the most part. Um, the caring place, and then, like I said, people. It, even with radio promotion, we get a lot of people that may not be able to, you know, give much. So they'll just give us free airtime, or they'll just promote the events for us, and and that's just as well as helping because it gets it out there, and we can serve more people. The more they know, the more we can serve. So. Yeah, the last time I got a haircut, uh, HP <laughs> told me I looked fresh, boy. So look out! I, I was. Yes, uh, it was, was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. I felt like I had just got a haircut. I'm just sitting there like, okay, <laughs> this is. I mean, they just like they're, you know, he's like, you know, you like how, they got water, food. Some uh-huh. people that may not even had that. Just those hot dogs, chips, and water could have been something that the only thing that that person got because we encourage everyone. If you see someone that was homeless on the street. Encourage them to come on down and get a free haircut. You know, not only that, you get a sermon, of course. You know, you get a you get a little sermon. You know, we get in get it in a little bit, but it's just watching when you help others that really need it. It, it pushes you to continue to want to do so. When you were talking about the whole person, and then you mentioned the haircut, I kind of smiled, but then I stopped and I I thought about that for a second. I thought, you know, if somebody walks away with looking at themselves in a different way, it it enables and helps their spirit. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people tend to think, you know, well, you got to get your men- your inside out before you get, you know, the outside. But one thing that, I'm, that I know for a fact, being as though that, you know, it's something that I experience is that some of the small things, just like the haircut, you know, uh, when a person comes in and sit in their chair, they think they're getting a, just a free haircut and a meal. But essentially you are building a, a foundation or a friendship. And with that being said, that one haircut, which is external, can open up that trust. Mm-hmm. 
Therefore, you can begin to help them internally if they haven't. A lot of these people have had traumatic experiences or, you know, they're, they're holding on to things that are hindering them from being great. So that one haircut could open up that door for you to be able to know what this person is going through and then help them. Like, well, let me help you. You know, let's see what's going on. So I feel like exactly what you just said, the external is absolutely the catapult for the, for the internal. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And the whole person, of course, is what we're after here. We're focused on that uh, throughout our our emphasis here throughout these two hours. We're listening to Sharitha Edwards of uh, Caring for a Cause, uh, sitting in for Tamara Ajamati, and uh, we're talking about the necessity of giving somebody a hand up, not necessarily a hand out, to help them in that process of becoming a whole person. We're going to be taking a one-song break, but before we do, I wanted to mention again, the great jazz mixer that's going to go on uh, March 16th from 6 till 9 here at the Collaborate 317. H.B. Bell puts together a great cause, a great connection for lots of different folks, and you get to hear great uh, music, you get to hear, eat great food. Uh, do come out, check it out, uh, $10 a ticket. You don't want to miss that. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Group site. We'll be right back. We are back, Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Group site. Uh, sometimes I wish that... Uh, during uh, these uh, breaks that we have, and I really need to, uh, to spur this on in myself, <laughs> is, is to actually bring a video camera in here and capture some of the great conversation that we have. Honestly, uh, some of the stuff that we talk about during break is uh, not only fodder for the next segment, but really some very substantial comments here uh, about the very breakdowns that we see because of uh, sin in the world around us. But we are uh, happy to be joined again today with... Uh, by Sharitha Edwards, uh, Caring for Cause, uh, sitting in for and representing uh, Tamara Ajamati. And we're really grateful for you being with us here today. Sharitha, thank you so much for your time. Oh, no and problem. focus of your work. No problem. So uh, you had uh, uh, mentioned in, in some of the precursor to this particular show um, why you, you focus your work on underprivileged and minority groups in Indianapolis. So tell us a little bit about that. Why is that so important to you? Um, well, because I, I, the, it's needed. The services are needed um, because I fit in that category and I know the struggle. I see it, you know, um, and those are pretty much, you know, where there's a need, there's, that's where the service is at. And I think that was the foundation of it. But once you start doing that, you see the um, the complexities, like you said, the multi-structure, the way that things are going, although they say, you know, that the poverty level, 20.9% of Residents in, in Indianapolis alone are living below the poverty level, and for 80 percent of that are minority um, children, women, um, things of that nature. And so, being as though I've been there before, you know, needed the assistance. I needed. I know where um, certain places you go where they have a lot of stipulations. You know, you, they say they want to help you, but when you get there, ah, oh, you got to have this, or you know, you couldn't have done that. So we wanted to incorporate something because we knew that the service was needed and make it accessible for those that need it. Mm-hmm. That's the area where it's needed, which is in, you know, the minorities and in, in our inner cities. Well, I, um, just, just a couple of things real quick. Um, so just, just so I'm clear, the, uh, Caring for a cause is is not an actual service of MLK. It's a no, 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 no. It's a separate it's a, entity. That's right. where um, I met. That's where right. me and Tamara right. we actually met at. Right. So um, is, that, that she's over the she she's over for yes. Caring for right. caring for cause supported services is her endeavor. Right. She initiated that. We um 
I met her through the center, right? Sure, um, sure. Through her outreach in the center, some right. of the things she's doing over there. Okay. So yeah, no, it's, it's not a absolutely yeah. Right. So no, it's not a branch of the MLK Community Center at all. That's just where we were, uh, where we met at. How right. we how we began our friendship. Right. Okay. Now, so I wanted to ask: uh, Does caring for a cause um, have any um, arm of its uh, ministry that deals with the recidivism rate? Uh, no, or, or not deal with. Uh, in any way, uh, ex-offenders. Oh, no, not at this moment. But we have spoke about that. You know, that's part of their growth. Mm-hmm. You have to have the specific resources in place for that. You mm-hmm. know, and then sure. you have to have the, you have to have the people that want to be committed. Cause you mm-hmm. know, that's a, that's a, you know, a long, long-term commitment and, you know, in essence of the work that it's going to take to put in there. But we have discussed things of that nature and God willing, we'll be able to, you know, get the resources needed and actually be able, even if there is another organization out there that's already doing it and would like to collaborate or something of that nature. What, so, a, yes. what about, um, what about some preventative, um, are, are there any, you know, any plans in the works or underway for preventative, um, ministries or, or initiatives relative to gun violence? I know that's something that's dear to, to your heart, especially. Oh, and so is there anything that, um, Carrying with the cause, uh, any, any initiatives relative to preventative, uh, you know, edu- education for the youth, or uh, relationships with uh, officers, or or just uh, just panels, whatever. Oh yeah, well that's another thing. Like we again, that's something that our growth. That's when we expand. Well, We're so going, little. Going oh yes, I'm ready. What you're doing, I can oh, see you yeah, end up I'm going ready. that way. I'm yeah. ready. I, absolutely, because mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, of course, poverty, crime is the catalyst. Poverty is the catalyst of crime, which leads to people being in a situation. Absolutely. I believe poverty is the biggest, it is the other than one. the original sin. It, and uh, someone, poverty is the biggest catalyst of, of social ills in general. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like this misinformation out there, like, oh, but if I need something, then I'm probably going to take it. And it's probably not going to be Which takes to us me. back to survival, exactly, being driving exactly. everything. Which is something, absolutely. Um, we're small in itself right now in this moment. So what we try to do is help the family. Like, we have a diaper drive initiative mm-hmm. where we know for a fact that, like, even $7 for a pack of Pampers is hard for women. They might be single mothers or, you know, they don't have transportation to get back and forth. But anytime you notice that there's a service for something in that, like diapers, that makes you think of the bigger problems. Like, we have bigger problems mm-hmm. than you yeah. know, just being a diaper drive. But God willing, we do get indicator. those resources. Absolutely, right. Right. absolutely. So God willing, maybe one day we could get the resources or even help another organization bring that part in. Now, uh, with that being said, I um, after my the loss of my second brother, I did we uh, while well, co-founded an organization called Way Working Against Despair Every Day, and what we did were exactly what you were speaking of. The youth, um, we held youth events. A lot of them were surrounded by some of the. Um, the uh, Pee Wee Leagues football leagues uh, mm-hmm. in our communities, good, good and food. yes, absolutely, we did uh, barbecues, we did ministry in a park, mm-hmm. we had um, a way church served. We even um, well, we had access superintendent to come out to one of the events we had. Um, this was probably about a year and a half ago, and that was just to address 
that was just to address, you know, some of the issues going on in the school because those programs need to be in schools also. They need to know that, you know, it, it's not just um, it, children become a product of their environment. If we can get them while they're little and let them know that someone cares, sure. then I think by then they'll be able to have that confidence to understand right from wrong. They won't need that. They won't go to the streets to look for somebody that's going to take care of them. They're like, you know, that's just like with my brother. He wasn't in the streets. He was a man of, he believed in God. He went to church. You know, he worked for the city of Indianapolis. And so when that happened to him, these children literally, like, I, I just seen the despair in them. So that's what catapulted me into, you know, doing the way thing. So with that being said, um, I think that we might try to integrate that somehow because I do have um, – I think that my following, well, not my following, I have a lot of family. I have a lot of friends that are dedicated to that cause. So I feel like eventually we'll try to merge those two together, and that way we'll have that one entity. It'll be like that one-stop shop. You can come and get spiritual healing. We might be able to give you discount on grieving counseling, you know, get you a haircut, and then you get a bag of pampers out the door. In a, in so, a world, it would be it would be fantastic. So hopefully, God willing, we can expand. Well, So now, so just to be clear for our audience, Caring for a cause is not uh, uh, exclusive to the Butler Tartan. Oh no, absolutely. It is, it is we a, serve a city and state. We serve needs, right? Serve we needs. don't serve. There's not one family. Have a, a universal clientele. Oh, absolutely. Right. We don't have right. boundaries. We don't have zip codes. Right. That's we, good if to we know. have it, then you have it. You know, there's no judgment. There's no precursor. Like, well, what happened or nothing? Yeah. It's just if you need to, we're here to help. We're, we have yeah, a service. God's going to bless you. We have a service that does not have boundaries or zip codes in it. It's if you need it and we have it, it's yours. The Bible so, says absolutely. it's the liberal soul that shall absolutely. be made fat. Absolutely. Absolutely. God's going to bless that. And if we need, if you need it, then and we have it, you have it. There are no zip code or certain areas where you got to go. You got to go on the east side if you live in a zip code. No, if you contact Caring for a Call Supported Services and we have it, you have it. And it's just that simple. It's uh, your comment about uh, liberal open-handed. That's actually what that word used to mean, you know. that, that, that I never understood it, though. Yeah, yeah that, I never understood that. My grandmother used to say that. You know, back in the day she used to say that because it all goes back to that one principle foundation that people use. Do unto others, you know, the biblical oh, yeah. sense. It's others. And then you're like, Grandma, we tired of hearing that. And then that's what she spoke of, exactly Absolutely what you just true. said. Luke 6. Yes. Give. Yes, give. And it shall be given unto you. And so we're like, oh, God, here she go again. You know, we're all like, oh, my God. <laughs> but now I understand as an adult what she meant. So it means that much more to me. It was that instillment, and now I'm able to understand it through my loss and through my, my the joy that I get from giving. Now I truly understand what that sentiment means. You know, I, this is this is relative to, to giving and, and all of what you're talking about. But I want to bring up something that I think is really important. We'll get right back to you. Oh, you're absolutely. Uh, I think this this is my theory. I, I just believe it to be the truth. God helps many people learn the the power of giving and opening yourself up. Absolutely. Through having experience, lack yourself. Yes. Dr. Dr. Eccles, uh, I, I certainly have. I'm going somewhere <laughs> with this too. The Dr. Eccles mentioned last week on the show. You know, you know, people don't know your history. Yeah. You know, he, he says, I, I know what government cheese is. I've, I've, had, I've, I've, I've had some. Mm -hmm. yeah. I've had to. I had to have it. I couldn't make it without it at a That's time. Right. You know, people. People often see. Uh, 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 pastors, for example, in the African American community, yeah. and they see a car that's bigger, or they see clothes that are big. They have. The, I, I know what government cheese is too. I grew up in Brightwood. <laughs> you know, I don't live in Brightwood now, 
but I grew up in Brightwood. I know what government cheese is. I know what the big black government butter was. You, know, I, I, you understand? I, I, I remember when we could not afford cable. My parents still live in the same house they lived in when I was a child. We slept on top of each other. And, and giving, for me, giving, meeting Christ and giving yeah. changed my world. Mm -hmm. A man named Dr. Troy E. Ladd, he was my, he's actually my father in the ministry, he taught me what giving was, what it meant to actually pull out of uh, what you have, even your lack, and sow into people. Yes. And my life today is an example of learning to give, to bring tithes, give offering, and to sow into people. Yes, absolutely. No matter what my circumstance was. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think that all goes back to what you started last week, what, what our show is about this week. The liberal soul absolutely is the one that God fattens that he yeah. that he that he gives to because uh, if he can trust you with goods, he'll pour all the goods in you according to Second Corinthians chapter nine. All right, he giveth seed to the sower. Yep. So if he can so, trust you, you be a good steward with him. Yes, he give you all you can stand. And you know what? The, like the material thing, some you know the kind of you know you get the kind of height and hype you get. Mm. I think you know the materialistic thing where everybody think they're supposed to live at a certain standard. Mm. You know, at one point growing up, you know you believe that it's like I want the George, but then when you get to a point to where you lose so much, and then you realize um, you know what needs to be done, the work that needs to be done. That's when that that kind of that seed that was sown in me by my grandmother that we spoke about that's when it begins to sprout and it's like i get i'm more excited about watching this man get a haircut because i'm sitting there smiling the whole time just looking at him you know talking to him and i'm just smiling ear to ear. exactly the price. exactly and i'm looking like man you know and he's he came in like really quiet he walks out he's just talking and chatting away you know he's like dusting his hair off he's excited so that seed you know that was sown in me then when my grandmother used that the one to others yeah. and the liberal soul that's when it all came to mm -hmm. you know it came it, it came the faster and then it just bloomed through my tragedy in which that's exactly how we ended up where we're at now. It's uh, it's fascinating, you know, in this uh, in this era of instant communication. Uh, Tamara's listening to us right now, <laughs> and she is she is sending messages. Yes, she is. We, we hear you. We love you, Tamara. We're right here for you. All right. We want to make sure to to mention a few of these ideas here that she's sending to us. Right. Some yes. of which some of which you've mentioned. Yes. Right. So one of the things tomorrow I wanted to mention was that uh, they receive uh, referrals for your organization, Caring for a Cause, uh, from 211, from DCS, from hospitals, local community centers, police, mm -hmm. and other local organizations. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about that. Um, how, how do you connect uh, with some of those folks? Maybe you've got a story or two uh, that you could tell us about an individual, an organization, an institution that you've uh, had intersection or interaction with uh, that actually helps uh, caring for a cause or perhaps gives referrals in that sense of things. Yeah, the referrals, I'm glad she mentioned it too because it's a whole lot. Look, yeah. but um, the referrals, the way that they come in, they could come from anywhere. Like they could come from, a, um, we, you can get an email from anyone. It might be someone from DCS that says, look, you know, it, it, there's a child in need or there's a mother in need. Well, these services are not necessarily, DCS can't necessarily help them, but we feel like you might be able to, you know, guide them in the right direction. Recommendations, referrals from the community centers, uh, the schools, you know, any, they, they come from pretty much anywhere. And um, depending on the resource that's available, we try to oblige. So, 
Or they come from anywhere. And they can come from, yes, they can come from anywhere. We've had people that have necessarily, referral sounds so tactical, like, you know, like the business aspect. But I call it outreach. Somebody might reach out, you know, and say, look, this person uh, may really benefit from this service that I know you guys have, something of that nature. So it comes from, they come from schools, they come from community centers, they come from places like she said, DCS. So it's really important then in your community that uh, people at the hospitals and the police stations, they know that it's available, that they know that, they know that, the, that there is available, which is something we're working on. Um, and it's like when we, after we deal with families, it's not, we don't just cut them off. Like, okay, we help them, you're gone. We, they, we, you do outreach, you call and say, hey, how you doing? You know, what's going on? You guys okay? Like, exactly, which is the most important thing when you're in this work. You want people to understand that they are people. Like, we love you. It's not just this one time. You know, we want you to be self-sufficient, but we want you to know that we care. So we do follow-up work. We do, like, personal phone calls. Like, hey, how you doing? How the kids, you know? Um, things to that personal effect. So as far as the referrals, they come from everywhere. I mean, I was referred to tomorrow at one point, honestly. That's so, you know, they were like, well, maybe, you know, you could use this. You know, you could use that. Like I said, which flourishes our relationship. So in that essence, the referral is just the need, whoever, you know, the need. So. Well, let me, let me ask you this. So, so if, because I, I see here that you, you offer, offer obviously thanks uh, Thanksgiving assistance, Christmas assistance, mm-hmm. but also Operation Easter, Easter Basket, Basket. So, and that you're now yes. collecting for the Easter Baskets. Yes. Where would they bring donations for the like donations, candy, toys, activities, books? I'm Where would they bring that? Let me get the address because okay. they just recent. We had another location yeah. that we were going to use, mm-hmm. but being as though um, now that has to expand because of the need and what right. we need. Do you offer Easter egg hunt? I mean, I'm kind of Yeah, we're going to try. We're going to try, but we definitely let you find that address, but you, you, you do. I kind of, I kind of want to participate yeah. in the Easter egg. Oh yeah, and it would be awesome. We yeah. would love to have you out there. It would be you I'm would j- be around I'm, a bunch of kids screaming I'm and joking. hollering. I'm, but I'm, 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 I'm laughing. At I'm not serious. I'm, I'm joking. Okay, let's see. Let me see where the newest location. Yeah, so that's, so so some of these. Uh, uh, this 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 is outreach. This is outreach. Okay, the, yes. The, the Thanksgiving assistance, Christmas oh, yes. assistance. Those are things that have These are done things, in families in hardship. You can't just, you know, because there's not a one one day I helped you and you're going to be fine. Exactly, no. Yeah. That's not how the whole healing of the whole person works. The um, the the Operation Easter Basket, we are um, accepting the donations at 2425 North Meridian Street. And, one more time. Uh, 2425 North Meridian Street. Um, the number where if you have any questions about local um, the drop off or anything of that nature is three one seven four two six four five three six or you can contact us directly um, via email at caring for calls twenty fifteen at gmail uh, dot com and the location is at the uh, Washington Branch Library. Okay. And we will also post that to the site if you go to Caring for a Call Supporting Services um, or even tomorrow's personal um, Facebook page is open because she's very resourceful, even on her own page. She's always sharing it now. You will find all of those events again also. And we do need food, um, volunteers, maybe just to even assist, clothing. Uh, the baskets will consist of food items, things of that nature for families, so they'll be able to have an Easter basket. So we are still in need of all of those things. Let me let me kind of switch gears a little bit. That's fantastic, and you get a chance to, to give some of those uh, uh, addresses and locations again before before we get done. But um, is there um, any mental health uh, counseling and, and access to mental health? We have, that's yeah, we that's have. big. That's important right now. Very. And you know what? We realized we had this conversation the other day. How big that is? Mm-hmm. You know, in 
um, from not being even diagnosed when they're younger. Sometimes the trauma from poverty. Sometimes the trauma. We ain't from gonna poverty. do that today. We'll be here all day. We gonna be here. We gonna get it over with. We gonna be here all day. Yes. <laughs> you know because you're right. And yes, we do. We have um. Well, we have referrals that like you know how people send us referrals. We do have uh referrals that we send to. Uh, other people that may be suffering because we do cater to mental ill, you know, mental ill families that are, you know, uh, suing, right, or uh, trying to get through it. Mothers that have children, you know, a lot of mothers don't understand that their children might really need, um, you know, some mental health. You you mistake it for them being bad, like oh they're being bad, you know, there's any other. When you but don't there's understand. absolutely so that in itself, yes, we're currently we're going to try to get some literature together also to pass out at our events regarding other networks, you know, for mental health. Um, assistance and we are, we are advocating for more services because that is a big problem in our community. It really is. One of the things that uh, is certainly true about this show, we've talked about uh, mental health concerns. Uh, HB has all kinds of connections in the mental health fields. Oh, awesome. I'm going to have to get with him before oh, I leave seriously, it. Seriously. Uh, yes, HB awesome. has all kinds of connections and he's always telling people about one of the uh, biggest needs, not just uh, in uh, the black community, but also in all communities is that we really fail to understand what's going on beneath the surface of the individual. And that, you know, we talk about trauma. Uh, Trauma can happen in so many different directions from so many different causes. Um, In in one way or another, uh, people, generally speaking, uh, have engaged or uh, encountered awfulness in life. And you certainly have. You certainly are a living testimony to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when when I think about those kinds of things, I'm thinking back about Monday night again and uh, when Tamara and I were together here at the Collaborate for a class. And I was mentioning to her about Wednesday and we were talking back and forth about you coming on the show. And uh, I said, it's really interesting that you uh, have so much to do with um, grocery stores and clothing stores and and so on. And uh, I remember that she said to me, oh, that reminds me, I've got to talk to Meyer. Meyer, I need to go down to Meyer and, and make that connection with yes, them. Yeah, yeah, you know, you, you, that's, that's the only way, like, because we're not millionaires, you know, the funds are being used out of pocket, like, you know, so we try to reach as many people like that as possible. Some some of the people that we collaborate, the smaller grocery stores, they'll give us a percentage of their sales, mm-hmm. you know, so there are a lot of, um, um, in that essence, a lot of smaller businesses, they do give a lot of donations, but like she said, you know, like the Myers and the Walmart, um, that's going to be our new challenge. We'll be getting letters together and sending them out, you know, would you care to donate, you know, or... Um, we're, we're just trying to get all encompassed in there. That way, not only will we be able to offer it, but we will have enough to serve the people that need it. One of the things that uh, really struck me when I was on the website, just following up on this idea about Meyer and other organizations, is that uh, on the very front page, <laughs> I mean, you have a long list, and it's not so much a list as it is a conglomeration of logos mm-hmm. from places like Kohl's and Aldi's and Kroger and yeah. all different kinds of places. I, yeah. Well, they have smaller entities in themselves that yes. they're a parent company of. Right. So even if their smaller business gives us a donation, of course, you know, right. it goes back to the parent company. Right. So. But nonetheless, I mean, they are actually interested in, in helping. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's been a surge of, you know, with everything going on in the world, I think everybody wants to like it. it you know, we, we're normally divisive. It's a lot of divisiveness going on. But I think that what's happening in this world is backfiring. In that, in that notion, I, I feel like that we are coming together mm-hmm. more so than what people really think. Mm-hmm. 
where they're focusing on the fact that it's too much going on and not focusing on the fact that there are people doing the work. We actually were talking about this in the first hour, the difference between unity and diversity. Absolutely. And the necessity of the Christian church to be unified in this sense. And now, you know, you're suggesting uh, neighborhoods and communities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we are, um, we all walk this, this earth together. Like, your, your position um, takes away nothing from mine. Meaning that it's just like w- with the children when we talk mm-hmm. about education, you know, the the quality mm-hmm. that they receive, you know, people think it's this simple. Well, I pull my kids out of school. I send them to a private school. Not even thinking that these children will all grow up and walk in the same space mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. So why not give them all the same even playing field to have the same choices and decisions. So I think that goes back to the community thing. It can't just be about the big businesses and, you know, the people that that do donate. Don't get me wrong. We appreciate all the donations, but we want community. It's a family. We want community involvement. If you have old uniform pants that are in good condition, we want those. You know, we don't want people to think that, like, we're, we're not dependent on just that. We welcome it. We want the community involvement. We want it because the community is what we serve. The necessity of, of doing the uh, day-to-day, the hard work, uh, the somebody knocks on your door, uh, somebody asks, calls you, connects with you, and whatever else, uh, this is really the hard work, the face-to-face work. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because bring, it brings the, the reality right. of the direness of the situation or, you know, um, a person's position. But I've also learned that more so than ever, a lot of people are actually more comfortable, you know, face-to-face because you can really get a, you can look at someone and tell whether, you know, like, um, and then they begin that, that trusting thing. Mm-hmm. I'm beginning to trust you, you know, in that way. You can be open enough with me so we can really help you heal wholly if you need these mental health services, if you need, um, you know, I mean, just in itself, you know, people, you can't be in denial. And I think that face-to-face thing gives you that comfort level, a level of comfort where you, you can trust me and you can allow me to help you the way that we need to. The necessity of this for communities is something else that we were discussing uh, in the first hour, actually, and around the concept of unity, uh, where we talked about uh, how important it was that we actually function together in the fabric of the church. So uh, one of the things we mentioned, uh, Dr. Posley and I talked about, was how we have this tendency to uh, have all of these nonprofits uh, doing this, this work, when, which really should be coming out of the church. Yeah. How much do you see the church being involved? In? Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. You're fine. Oh, absolutely. You're fine. No, you didn't. But, you know, um, like we had spoke of social media, I've seen a lot of, um, especially in our communities, um, I have seen a lot of people that have begun to speak out about the lack of effort that are from the churches, even within that community. A lot of people feel like, um, you know, they, it's time for the pastors to come out of the pulpits. You know, it's time for them to truly come out and, and really let these people know that they care. If you have four or five churches sitting on your cor- on a corner in every neighborhood, but they have zero input, they're not donating, you know, they're not even opening your door for comfort, then people will tend to have those type of ill feelings. And that's the one thing that I see that kind of saddens me because I'm like, I know how good God is and I know how how he works, you know, but... People that are living in disparity or don't have that, you know, don't have that, the mentality that I have believed, that's that's when they be literally begin to, you know, stop, dis, you know, distrusting Jesus. And the one thing that I say is, is this, my son, myself, he's, he's eight years old, and he asked me, he said, Mom, how does a good God, you know, let bad things happen? And I, I, I it would kind of threw me off. I said, free will, son. 
It's free will. You know, like it's, it's a give and take. So now he wants to know what free will is. Now, <laughs> so yes. You know, I want to I, I want to um, I w- I comment about that. You know, there is a um, and, and, and all your comments are interesting, but th- th- there uh, there is a concept that in the body of Christ, I don't think we um, we 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 push enough. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as a pastor, I want to throw it in right here. There is one pastor. So I have about three hundred and fifty members. Mm-hmm. So I got three hundred and fifty people, and there's one of me. Shepherds don't get sheep. Mm-hmm. Sheep draw sheep. Shepherds lead sheep, and 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 one 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 of the misnomers in communities is that pastors can actually make a difference in the community. They can't. Mm. People change communities. Pastors teach people how to change communities, and so one of the things we have to learn. And you mentioned it earlier, Mark, uh, in a different way. How there's so many um, non-for-profits happening, and we have this we have this uh, caring for a cause right here. This is how it's actually supposed to be. She has a pastor. Uh, what's her name? Uh, 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 t- Are you talking about the president of the organization? Yes, the president tomorrow. Tomorrow. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. It's a, yeah. That's the name I was trying tomorrow. to say. And so yeah. what, what's supposed to happen is, is, is uh, uh, pastors teach people and, then and people, people, teach, people teach go people. out and do what they've learned and express that. Mm. Uh, I think there are a lot of pastors who just neglect to teach. Yeah. That's the bigger and problem. participate in and, the community. And, and, exactly, yeah. and get That's out it. involved with their hands. It's yeah. nothing to but come out and pass out hot dogs. It, it, yeah. to, you know, to, to, like, to participate and promote yeah. what others are doing. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. We're really grateful, uh, Sharitha. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And Tamara, thank you for all your Great. good messages all and right. for listening uh, here uh, to hear about the wonders of your good cause, uh, mm-hmm. caring for a cause, supportive services. You've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio, radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Next week, we have the great privilege and pl- pleasure to uh, have uh, Pastor Ellis uh, join us. Pastor Ellis will be coming in talking about his book on marriage, and we're looking forward to that, having him in the studio talk about a lot of things, uh, I'm sure, along those same lines. Uh, but until then, uh, you need to keep in mind also about the Jazz Mixer. Don't forget about that. March 16th. March 16th from 6 until 9 uh, p.m. One other thing about uh, the emphasis that uh, we wanted to give here for Caring for a Cause is that you all have a drop-off uh, that we need to mention. Uh, 2425 North Meridian Street. That's 2425 North Meridian. And the email is Caring for a Cause 2015 at Gmail. That's caring for, that's the number four, a cause, 2015, uh, at gmail.com. The event giveaway uh, address is going to be the Washington Branch Library. And then uh, following up on the Operation Easter Basket program, Mm -hmm. uh, we're looking for food donations, toys, candy, and baskets for all the families that are being served. We're in need of volunteers, uh, ambassadors to insist with gaining donations, Always looking for diapers, uh, baby wipes, pull-ups, all kinds of things here. Uh, And, of course, the necessity of uh, grants and all of the rest uh, is going to be huge. Make sure to reach out to Tamara or Sharitha and uh, talk with them, connect with them on social media. You have all kinds of uh, good connection points on social media uh, between Clyde and myself and uh, H.B. Bell. You've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.TV at the Cool Groove site. We'll look forward to seeing you next week at 10 o'clock.